Blog Talk Radio. It is, uh, the show is the stories we live by, and it is 97 degrees outside my window, and up to about an hour ago, crazy as I am, well, crazy as my friends and I are, we were on a golf course, and for four hours we played in that heat, and if my voice goes dead, it's because I think I'm going to be dead. (laughs) What a horrible game golf is. I took it up this year, and you sort of get hooked. I don't know if anybody out there plays golf, if they experience themselves as a golf player. Um, I don't know what I do (laughs) when I play golf. I can call it playing golf, but Lord help me, it's not exactly playing. Uh, And I sort of know what I'm doing wrong, but it's so hard to do it right. And uh, then you hit one good shot, and you're hooked in. You, You have to say, okay, that's it, I won't give it up. If I could do it once, if I could do it 10 times out of 100, maybe I could do it 80 times out of 100. So it was a weird day. Uh, Tremendous heat. took four hours to play 18 holes. That's what it usually takes. It is not a a part of my body that doesn't hurt or feel awful. Yet myself feels the same. I feel the same person. Now, how can you feel the same person? Uh, Why do we feel we are the same person? Uh, Because the self has a history, and the self has an identity. And what really doesn't change over time uh, are the memories we have of the past, certain key memories, uh, or at least we believe our memories don't change. There's some evidence to suggest that uh, as we re-remember things at different points in our life, we restructure the memory. Uh, which is a kind of an interesting thing. But the memory, the event stays the same. So I know this happened to me. I know did, did, I did this to somebody else. And therefore, there's a feeling of constancy. What else is constant is how I identify myself. And identity uh, is what it is. It's just what it says. It's, it's how we define the self. I am Lawrence Simon. Uh, I am a man. I am uh, Jewish, I am middle class, I am white, uh, and all of those elements, in fact, you know, let me talk a little bit about, about identity. Uh, I say I am Lawrence Simon before I say anything else, because I think that, that my name, something to the core of who I am, um, supersedes any of the other things that define me, that define my identity. So uh, I am Jewish, but I am Lawrence Larry, who's a Jew. I am an American. I think that's a very important uh, uh, part of my identity, that I consider myself a citizen of the United States of America. Uh, And yet, uh, I disagree with many of the people who define policy in the United States. And I reject any idea that anybody, and this includes the president or Congress or governors, has the right to tell me or any of us what it is we should believe about our country. Um, And I'll talk a little bit about that uh, when I get into later, when I talk about compartmentalization, when we're put into compartments and we're told we have no right to experience this or say this. Um, And I think that is where, uh, uh, that that is the process by which we fail to grow 
by which we uh, end up with a kind of a self that uh, doesn't uh, develop all of the skills and all of the potential uh, that is in every human being. And I really do believe that the potential in all of us uh, is not unlimited. I, I, I don't like that kind of an idea that just, you know, we're, we're all can be anything and everything we want to be. But certainly, um, the older I become, the more I grow in certain areas. I mean, the very idea that I took up golf at the age of 68, and I play 18 holes, uh, and there are even moments where I enjoy it, is to me proof that I can experience new things uh, uh, and identify myself as a golfer in some way that I never did before. And I'm sure my listeners can tell me all kinds of experiences they've had uh, in which they redefine their identity because the basic experience uh, that they're engaged in changes. Now, even though I feel I have a constant self, I know I change. Uh, and I want to talk about change today. I want to talk about what it takes to change. And uh, I've talked about this many times, but you know what? I keep talking about it because every time I do, maybe someone else will hear, listen, and take seriously uh, the idea that their life can be made richer, more loving, more creative, better, as they experience it. Um, because they escape some of the compartmentalization, some of the degradation that all of us experience as we grow up. Um, to me, this is critical. And I always come back to the same idea that when we are locked in, in our own self, uh, there is no growth. And we know that we're psychologically dying, that we're shrinking rather than growing. Uh, and we, we become desperate and we become filled with anxiety uh, because we know that uh, our lives are limited and uh, how many opportunities can we miss before uh, we feel that we failed in our lives or we failed our potential to become the kind of human being, the kind of person we really want, that we can experience all the things that we feel life uh, should allow us to experience. And I go back to the whole idea of being desperate and then turning to the mental health industry for help and being then told you're mentally defective, you're ill, you're sick, you are a schizophrenic, a borderline personality disorder, your brain is damaged, and I, I, I just go crazy because more and more people seem to be convinced that this is so. Take your drugs, limit your life, don't experience, don't go on adventures, uh, don't uh, speak out, don't hear yourself speaking out, don't seek out new relationships, uh, you know, <laughs> who's going to hire you, you're, you're so screwed up, uh, who's going to love you, uh, you're, you're, you're defective. And the people who are the most desperate are the people who believe that they're defective, who believe that they're damaged, and are so caught in those identifications that they won't permit the self to experience new things. And this, to me, is a tragedy. It's the loss of life 
It's the loss of liberty, the loss of freedom. And there are so many in the world who would exercise power over us, uh, tell us they're doing it for our good, and uh, uh, suck us dry economically, socially, politically, and every other which way, uh, and, and, and hold us in, stay, in, in, in a place where we fail to grow and experience the joy of new things and the joy of risk, because uh, you can't grow without risk. You can't grow without uh, being disappointed. Uh, you can't succeed unless you're willing to risk some failure. In fact, it's when I hit the ball wrong on the golf course that I know next time I have to change something to make it right. And there was a dozen times today where I hit a ball 10 feet because I topped it and went back and I slowed the swing and I knew what my teacher had told me was the right thing to do. And the next shot went 120, 130 yards straight up the fairway. Um, I don't think I'll live long enough to become a really good golfer. Uh, but as long as there's growth, there's a sense of excitement. There's a sense of newness. And, and uh, that keeps us going. It keeps us alive. It keeps us excited. So what does it take to grow? Um, I have some ideas about that. Every new experience changes the self because the self is the collection and the memory of experiences. Okay? Uh, every time we uh, take a trip, and I am so big on traveling, expensive, but it can be done more cheaply. Uh, take an adventure to drive to a place we've never been, to go to hike in a place we've never hiked before, I mean, it's endless. Try something new. Uh, cook a food that we've never cooked before. Engage in a sport that we've never engaged in before. Um, and until we try something, we really don't know whether we're going to like it. Our mothers were right. Try those vegetables uh, before you, you, you reject the idea that the vegetable may not taste good or a particular food. Um, try sexual experiences that you've never tried before. Now, you don't want to have a disease, uh, and you don't want to ruin your life. On the other hand, uh, one of the great things about being with someone you love, whoever that is, uh, is, is to talk about changing sexual behavior and engaging in acts that allow new experience that, A, may not be liked, and therefore we don't do it again, or, B, we do like, and we do it again, and it becomes part of our repertoire. So taking trips, uh, critical is going back to school. If you've dropped out of school, and I can do a show, I could do a lot of shows, criticizing our school system. And yet some of the best people in the entire world are teachers who are just waiting for someone to come into their class, into their room, uh, at whatever level, uh, with an open mind to reach out to them so that they can give us an awareness, a change of our identity, and therefore uh, open us up to new experiences and the growth of ourselves. Uh, if you didn't graduate high school, do it. Don't let anybody tell you you can't. And that includes yourself. Because every time you say, I can't do this, it's impossible, I'm too stupid, I'm not smart enough, I don't have time, I don't have money, 
you are giving into fear. You are not risking. And yes, it is very scary if you're an adult to go back to school. Don't ever stop learning. I think critical to the growth of the self are discussions, endless discussions with other people. Uh, when people have a discussion with another who will be willing to listen, and people will be willing to listen to in any of us if we're willing to listen to them. It has to be reciprocal. It has to be something that goes in both directions, from oneself to the other and back to the self. What makes therapy, and I put that in quotes, because I don't believe that the word is therapy. Counseling is probably a better word, but I'm so used to, uh, after 45 years of using the word psychotherapy, therapy is, can be so wonderful because we find the right therapist, we can say whatever we want to say and bring back memories we've been afraid to bring back because of what we thought it meant for what kind of person we were. And then we reconstruct our history. And we do this with a person who doesn't judge us, but thrives on and enjoys the fact that we have uh, uh, grown in that person's presence. So I think that one of the things that defines a friend uh, if you have somebody that you call a friend, but they're always putting you down and they're always labeling you, think again that they're a friend. Maybe it's time to enter into a new relationship and find somebody that you're willing to listen to who will listen to you. I always say the same thing. You really have to give in order to get back. And so many of us are so wounded, the self feels so wounded as we grow that we feel, well, nobody ever listened to me. Nobody was ever good to me. So why the hell should I be good to somebody else? Why should I listen to someone else's story when they won't listen to mine? And really, that becomes self-serving. Because if you do listen to someone else's story, they're going to want to listen to yours. Uh, that, that, is, that is one of the things that made my being a psychologist such a joy. Uh, is that uh, the sharing of stories because I could listen uh, and because I could put back into the mix some of my own experiences and some of my own self into the story. So I think discussions are important. I think reading good literature is important. I just finished reading East of Eden by John Steinbeck. The uh, book is about 50 years old. It is a joy. I was so unhappy when it was over. Uh, one of the problems that many of us have in our lives is we feel we're too busy to read. And I think that, that the self that has to keep running and running and running and can't sit still and read, make time just to be alone with yourself and with your own thoughts, is, is a self that uh, can't grow. And often what we're running away from are our own thoughts and our own emotions because the labels we give, we've been given, tell us in our compartment we're not allowed to think these thoughts. I remember students I had at my college. Reading was for nerds. Reading was for faggots. Real men 
have fights. They engage in sports, but they don't read. And every once in a while, I would break through to one of these young men or women, and they would read something. And why is reading so important? Because somebody who has written has opened themselves to the page. Nobody has ever written anything of any value without exposing themselves to all the criticism in the world from those who might not like what they've had to say. And so when you read a book that you've enjoyed, you merge your mind with the author and you come away a different person. You come away a different self. When you have an honest discussion, when any of us have an honest discussion, we end up a new self, a self that's more open with a potential to grow. So traveling, reading, writing, I think, is very, very important for opening ourselves. Don't worry about the grammar. Don't worry about punctuation. Don't worry about how good or bad a writer you are. Um, a number of English teachers I know have used what they call the magic pen. You sit down and just let it rip. Don't let anything stop you. Don't criticize. Don't worry if it's not logical. You write for a half hour. You write for an hour. And then you reread what you've written, and you'll be amazed. You'll be surprised. You'll be so surprised. I'm always surprised when I really lose myself in a writing session. Oh, I should have to talk about that for a few minutes. When we're aware we're speaking, or we're aware we're writing, or playing golf, or we're aware of it, then we're not aware of the thing we're doing, we're aware of ourselves doing it. This is something that the Buddhists talk about is important. If we really engage ourselves in an activity, then we're not aware of ourselves doing it, we're just aware of the doing we're lost in the doing. And to find ourselves, therefore, we have to lose ourselves. We have to give up the self. Let me see if I can give a better example. If you've ever watched yourself watch a movie, you know it's a lousy movie for you and you want to leave. But if you're watching the movie and it's a good movie, you lose yourself in it. There is no longer a self that watches and observes but a direct immersion in the experience. And that allows us to grow and to experience directly the world that we're involved in. I hope this is not too abstract. I don't know. I can't get anybody to call in. Um, I don't get too many responses. Uh, I keep doing this because I really enjoy doing it, but sometimes I get frustrated that I go into, my voice goes into cyberspace my friend Barry Rickett, who couldn't be here today, say we really, if we're going to build this up, have to uh, uh, do some real public relations. And I've never been much for public relations, but I think he's right, because uh, I really would like people to call in. I have to figure out how to do this chat session. When I open the chat session, it covers my entire screen, so I can't see the switchboard. And therefore, I haven't opened up, I don't know who these people are writing uh, into me, but anybody who would like to call in and, and, and give comment and tell a story and be on the air with me, 
Uh, I'm at 646-716-7756, 646-716-7756. I'm really sorry Barry couldn't be with me today. Uh, it is nice to have a person who uh, you can bounce your ideas off. It's not nice. It's necessary. It really is necessary. Um, you can only talk to yourself for so long. So, um, what are some of the things that hold us back? I've, again, I talk about this. Uh, I think that uh, there are different kinds of religions. There is one kind of religion that says uh, God made us to experience all we can experience, to be happy, to be joyful, to be creative. Uh, my own interpretation, I'm not very religious, but I quote in my, my, one of my books, the book of Genesis, uh, that uh, in Genesis we're told God created, he created, he created, he created, he created. On the seventh day he had to rest. And what he created on the last day of creation was uh, you and me. Well, if we're in the image of our creator, then what should be our big potential? What should be our mission? And it seems to me not to be obedient or timid or frightened or, or uh, obey directives, whether or not they make sense, or have our heads filled with the idea that if we're disobedient, we're sinful, and the God that created us is going to put us in hell forever and punish us, but we should be creative. We should create a new relationship, a new cake, a new game, uh, a new idea, uh, a new set of, 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 of whatever it is. And I do believe that right down into my center of my being and my soul. Uh, and so uh, when I create a new show, I feel good. I feel happy about it. And uh, every once in a while, I see that people have listened and people will write a comment. And that gives me a very, very good feeling. Uh, I am desperately trying to get my license here in Florida because I have uh, been retired too long. It is time for me to go back to work and see if I can spend some days anyway in contact with my fellow human beings uh, who might want to talk with me, uh, and I can listen and ask questions and not judge and maybe uh, open up the experience of another human being uh, to the potential of their own, the growth of their own self. Well... I think I've done this show. I think I have seven minutes remaining, but I have done as much on the self as I really need to do. I have rambled, I have raved, I have ranted, and uh, for whoever comes across the show, I hope you enjoy it. If you do like it, please make a comment, and please give me a good rating, because I find that if I get a rating of five or four, hopefully five, a lot more people come and listen to the show than would if they hadn't. So uh, do right by me if you feel I've done right by you. And uh, next week, I don't even have a show on mine for next week, but I may probably do one. And therefore, I'm going to say good afternoon and goodbye.